You're listening to Rocky Mountain Review on 95FM KCSU Fort Collins for Thursday, February 22nd. I'm Lee Zimpel, your news director. And I am Tyler Weatherwax, your assistant news director. And we are the voices behind the Rocky Mountain Review news broadcast that airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. As always, we here at the Rocky Mountain Review strive to give you the most up-to-date, unbiased, and factual news. On today's show, CSU has been working to address a range of student concerns from high prices in academic resources and age limits on politicians. Learn more with Tyler in Campus News. And police have arrested a suspect in connection to a string of indecent exposure cases. More on that with Lee in local news. Then learn where Fort Collins ranks in terms of the best places to live and more with Tyler in Life and Events. You'll also hear from some of the people behind yesterday's Rams Against Hunger mobile food pantry event. Later on in the broadcast, Volkswagen is recalling more than 260,000 cars over fuel leaks and fire risks. This and more in National with Lee. And with that, we'll get started with Campus News. Hello, I'm Tyler Weatherwax, and this is your Colorado State University Campus News. As the 2024 presidential election countdown is closer and closer, there have been widespread concerns with some of the candidates. As the candidates, CSU held an event on the limiting politicians by age. CSU Center for Healthy Aging put on the event to help with the concerns and thoughts. The discussion was filled with a panel of professors in human development as well as ASCSU President Nick DeSalvo. The panel discussed the main issue of ages in politics as well as other points that surrounded the debate, such as ageism, mandatory cognitive tests, and how gender and race impact the issue. This story comes from the Rocky Mountain Collegian. CSU's library is attempting to gain more access to critical licensing properties for the sake of student education. As the price of academic resources rises, the CSU Library Department is working with the Faculty Council to bring more licenses to the university. The Faculty Council recently endorsed their goal. Some of the resources that are needed at the university include databases, academic journals, and more educational resources. Similar resolutions were also passed at the University of Colorado and University of Wyoming last year. The negotiations with the Big Five publishers are still ongoing, but are expected to be finished in March. Coming up now is Lee with your local news stories covering a local man who has been arrested on multiple counts of indecent exposure. In local news, Fort Collins police announced Tuesday that a suspect has been arrested after investigating a string of indecent exposure cases. The investigations go back to July last year when there were multiple reports of a man touching himself outside businesses and watching the employees inside through the window. Police say many of the reports happened outside a local coffee shop. Fort Collins detectives and officers were given a search warrant at the home of 32-year-old Stephen Masalta. Masalta was arrested and booked into Larimer County Jail and is now facing 14 counts of indecent exposure. Police say he could face even more as officials are still looking into other cases he could be responsible for. According to a city news release, police believe there might be more victims that have not yet reached out. The investigation is ongoing and police are asking any victims and anyone with information to reach out and report it. In the release, FC Police Assistant Chief Adam McCambridge said the cases were, quote, deeply troubling for both the community and Fort Collins police. Because of that, McCambridge said he was glad officials were able to identify and arrest a suspect. As a disclaimer, the release says that the charges are still accusations and Masalta is presumed innocent and so proven guilty. Larimer County will soon have a new high school, and it'll be mostly online. The school will be an expansion of Emmanuel Lutheran High School, which is a K-8 Christian school in Loveland. 
The Emanuel Lutheran Church wants to extend their education through high school, and they're using a remote model based on online learning during the pandemic. Church officials considered plans for a high school about two decades ago. They say that they had trouble executing the idea until the pandemic outlined what remote learning could look like. Now the future high school's executive director, Rick Overton, says the semester is set to open fall this year. The model would have online learning four days a week, and that would include a mandatory in-person chapel service once a week. After that in-person gathering, the plan is for faculty and students to be able to meet for extra help if needed. In the remote model, Overton says students will have a lot of flexibility since classes will be available 24-7 online. Those were your local news updates. My name is Lee Zimpel. Coming up, Tyler will walk you through some local and national lists in life and events right after the break. Support comes from Chipper's Lanes at 830 North. Chipper's Lanes offers a variety of fun, including bowling, laser tag, live music, and more. They also offer a full restaurant and bar to elevate your night. For more information, visit chipperslanes.com. Again, that is chipperslanes.com. Hello, I'm Tyler Weatherwax with your Life and Events segment. Despite issues of high housing costs, Fort Collins has returned on a list of the best places to live in the United States. This News and World Report Best Places to Live list had previously ranked Fort Collins as the 54th best place to live in the United States. The city of Fort Collins has made a bit of a comeback now, shooting up to inside the top 25. The city is now listed as the 23rd best place to live. Fort Collins was ranked lower than Colorado Springs and Boulder, which sat at 4 and 9, but it was listed higher than Denver by a fair amount as the state capital city was listed at 99. Part of Fort Collins' position rise was due to the number of up-and-coming restaurants, bars, and breweries. And in case you were wondering what the number one city ranked was, that would be Green Bay, Wisconsin, with Boulder and Colorado Springs also in the top 10. This story comes from the Coloradoan. A decade-old event is returning after a pause this year, which has been a favorite for residents of Fort Collins and CSU Rams. The Little Shop of Physics are preparing for its 30th open house and its first one in years as the COVID-19 pandemic interrupted their event. Three ballrooms with over 300 science experiments will be the goal of making things out of everyday objects. The house will feature experiments by undergraduate students of CSU, and the event will take place Saturday, February 24th at the Lori Student Center if you're interested in going. Taking a look at what's popular in college radio, here are a look at the top 10 North American college radio station albums for this week. 
At number one is Little Rope by Sleater and Kinney. At number two is Ty Siegel's Three Bells. The third spot belongs to Prelude to Ecstasy by The Last Dinner Party. The fourth most spun album in college radio stations this week was an album that was at number 10 last week with What Do We Do Now by Jay Maskus. Number five was Blue Raspberry by Katie Kirby. Number six was What an Enormous Room by Taurus. It's Sorted by Cheek Face was number seven. No Place Like Home by Vacations took number eight. And the number nine and ten spots were Harm's Way by Ducks LTD and Letter to Self by Sprints. If you want to learn about all the top ten songs played by DJs at KCSU last week, you can go to kcsufm.com to read our weekly gems countdowns. As for events coming up this weekend, you can expect plenty of live music and a fun workshop. Tonight at the Aggie Theater is the live performance by Josh Malloy. If you enjoy artists such as Zach Bryan or Tyler Childers, then Malloy is for you. The Oklahoma native will be in Fort Collins tonight to perform his country music. The 26-year-old has a strong following in Texas and Oklahoma region. Again, this show is tonight at the Aggie Theater with a more theatrical taste. You can catch The Marriage of Figaro tomorrow night. Hear the Mozart Classic Opera at the Lincoln Center here in Fort Collins. Another event tomorrow evening is the Art of Flavor Cooking Workshop, which will be held in room 237 and 239 in the Gifford Building on the CSU campus. There you can learn to cook such things as fish tacos, black beans, and homemade salsa, and even dessert. You can find more information on this event and how to sign up on CSU's calendar website. That's all for Life and Events. My name is Tyler Weatherwax, and coming up next now is Lee with our feature story of the day covering Rams Against Hunger. There are a lot of stereotypes towards what college life is supposed to look like, and one of the most expected experiences revolves around money and food. It's like it's an integral part of the college experience to be broke and to have nightly struggle meals where access to wholesome food is difficult or you're skipping meals altogether. Rams Against Hunger is a group that exists because that struggle is so common, and their goal is to change that expectation about the college experience, starting with the CSU community. Yesterday at the Lori Student Center Theater, there were lines of students going in and coming out with bags full of food. Yesterday marked Rams Against Hunger's first mobile food pantry event of the summer. Over a dozen tables lined up around the room, and every table had its own pair of volunteers to help students and its own pile of food for the taking. Even though yesterday's event was temporary, Catherine Conrad, who is one of the people behind the program, says that Rams Against Hunger still has its doors open. I'm Catherine Conrad. I work professionally at CSU. I'm the Basic Needs Program Coordinator. Not a lot of people know that we do have a pantry on campus that set hours um, and people can come in at any time. They don't need to prove that they need to be there. There are no qualifications. They can walk in anytime we're open. We do these mobile pantries to kind of do like a, a visibility event. Um, because people don't know we're across campus in our permanent location, we like to kind of bring this to a more central location. Conrad says the mobile pantry events usually have a pretty big turnout. As you might have just heard, yesterday's event was no different. The room was full of students. Conrad says they usually see about 500 people come out to grab food. Conrad says that shouldn't hold others back from stopping by.
The first thing is you're not alone. Uh, we actually have really high rates of food insecurity at CSU. About 29% of our student body, which is just under a third, is experiencing food insecurity at any given time. So that's a lot of your peers. If you look around in your classes, that's almost one out of every three. That's a huge number of people. So you're not alone. Also know that that number is pretty consistent across um, our nation at different universities. So it's not just a problem here. It's indicative of a way bigger issue. So you're super not alone. Third, I would tell you there's resources and there are people who really, really care about you. And um, in Rams Against Hunger, not only do we have those resources, but we have the people who, one, care, and two, a lot of us have the experience of being food insecure. So when you come to see us, you're seeing people who understand what you're going through and you're not coming in to talk to people who don't get where you are. One of the student workers at yesterday's pantry was RAH coordinator Isabel Weber Alatori. As students were lining up outside the theater, she was one of the first people to greet them before sending them in to grab food. Like Conrad said, many of the people behind Rams Against Hunger, including Alatori, are familiar with the experience of food insecurity. I'm from Detroit, Michigan, so I always kind of grew up around food insecurity, and my dad worked for Feeding America almost my entire life, and then he was on the Food Bank Council of Michigan, so I was kind of just always surrounded by food insecurity and food banks and working in food banks. I've been at the pantry since August 2022. I'm graduating in May, so I'm sad to leave this place, but it's been probably the coolest job I've had on campus. Like Alatori, Conrad started working for Rams Against Hunger as a student, and both of them say that over the years, they think the program makes a positive impact on both the CSU community and on themselves. The reason I stuck with Rams Against Hunger and applied professionally is because I just wasn't ready to leave something that was so near and dear to my heart. I saw how long the, that line was, and I just, there are times in this work where you're almost brought to tears, not because, like, I'm not sitting here feeling sorry for this group of folks. I'm sitting here feeling happy that we've got resources that people are accessing, feeling comfortable accessing, are getting the word out. Um, we're seeing people in communities speaking all kinds of languages with their friends, their families, their peers. I've seen instructors coming in with their students. Like, this is just a super big community building event. And it, you know, it pulls on my heartstrings because it's like, we built this from the ground up. And that's so cool. Like, it didn't exist before. And we're really proud of it. It's honestly my favorite part of the job. I've had people, like we have our regulars that come in every single day and we know them by name. They know us by name. We've seen their kids, like they come in. Cause we also offer like diapers and hygiene products and stuff like that at the main pantry. So we've seen them come in with their kids. Like we've seen, I've seen these people for almost two years and they're just like friends in the community to me now. And I've had people personally come up to me and like tell me how I've affected their lives through this, which is just like insane. No, it, like it could make you tear up. Like it's so cool. We're all pretty like into it here. <laughs> Along with the Rams Against Hunger employees, there are also a lot of student volunteers who came out to help during the event. Nicole Delman was one of them. 
And it's an amazing organization. Um, I know people who work on the team that set this up. Super nice. They're super helpful. They never ask any questions. Like they're super accepting. If you go in, um, you can just get whatever you like. And I really like that because any CSU uh, student or faculty can go in. So it can be very easy for like international students to come in and have like a set layout for things just to get like started with their pantry and like what they need for food and groceries and stuff. Um, as well as the faculty and staff who have families at home that need to be fed. Uh, that's really nice too. And of course, you know, the college students who are working minimum wage and don't have enough money for groceries. Um, it's a really, just, it's a great opportunity. And it was just so amazing to see the organization's impact on everyday people. It was just so cool to witness that and be a part of it. If you're sitting here and you're listening and you're like, hey, I know there's resources, but I don't really know how to get involved. I don't know what to do. How can I help? Best thing you can do is know the resources, feel empowered to talk to your peers about those resources. Because the more we talk about the experience of food insecurity, the less stigmatized it is. And it seems really small to have a conversation with someone, but that might change that person's outlook and get them resources that they really need and have been needing. You never know. So literally just having the conversation with peers, literally just knowing the resources makes all the difference. There are so many resources for students and they don't always know. Um, and so like, you know, your student fees are funding this. And so you should definitely take, you know, advantage of these services because they're for you. You're already paying for the groceries, might as well get them. And like, oh, maybe somebody needs it more than I do. But like, you don't say that about the rec center and things like that. That are other resources that the student fees pay for. We have so much food in there that didn't even get all used. So like, definitely come out. You just heard from a handful of the people who were behind the Rams Against Hunger mobile food pantry. If you want more information about basic needs resources, you can find that online at lsc.colostate.edu under the Slice office page. We'll take a break, and then when we come back, we'll go over the latest in national news. Welcome back from the break. Here's a quick look into some of the national headlines from this week. Volkswagen is recalling more than 260,000 cars in the U.S. because of fuel leaks and fire risks. The recall covers a wide range of car models, and all of the cars are front-wheel drive. The recall is for Audi A3s, VW Golfs, GTIs, Golfs sports wagons, and VW Jettas. 
ranging between the model years 2015 through 2020. More information about the recall can be found online through the Volkswagen Recalls and Service Campaigns website. From there, you can use your vehicle ID number to check if your specific car is part of the recall. And there was an uptick in home sales in the U.S. last month. The mortgage rates were easing, which encouraged home buyers to follow through. But despite that, experts say that spike is not healthy for the housing market. The chief economist of the National Association of Realtors, Lawrence Yun, says the spike is a testament to the American housing shortage as the market for new homes gets increasingly competitive. In the long term, Yun says that spike will hurt the affordability for Americans across the market. And the Alabama Supreme Court recently ruled that frozen embryos can legally be considered children. Now, there are concerns about how the ruling might affect in vitro fertilization, or IVF. IVF is a process that aims to help people who struggle getting pregnant. It does that by combining eggs and sperm in a lab dish to create a fertilized embryo, which would then be put into a uterus with the goal of starting a pregnancy. Sometimes the embryos are safely stored by freezing them, but doctors now worry about being criminalized if at any point in that process an embryo is harmed. Experts say Alabama's ruling could make IVF less accessible despite it being a treatment that's helped grow a number of families. And lastly, Florida could be close to banning social media for kids under 16. If passed, it would be one of the nation's harshest bans on social media for young people. It would keep them off of platforms regardless of parental approval. Supporters of the bill say social media is predatory and that it contributes to a rising mental health crisis in American youth. Critics of the bill say it violated the First Amendment and that a ban should be decided by parents instead of the government. The Florida House should reach a decision on the ban sometime in the next couple weeks. That'll wrap up your national news updates for today. Information comes from AP News. After the break, Caleb Allen will get you up to speed with the latest in CSU sports. Now for a KCSU engineering history lesson. In the fall semester of 2023, KCSU experienced multiple critical equipment failures due to a power outage in the Lori Student Center. Thanks to the collaboration of KCSU's engineering department and our professional engineering consult, the station was able to continue operating at a limited capacity until new equipment could be purchased and installed. Hi, I'm Caleb Allen, Sports Director at KCSU. Here's what's going on this week in sports. CSU men's basketball bounced back from their loss at San Diego State with a big 75-55 win over conference-leading Utah State last Saturday. Isaiah Stevens led all scorers with 18 points in the victory. They followed the win up on the road in the pit against New Mexico with a tough 68-66 loss. A grueling battle saw the Rams fall in the closing seconds to drop their sixth game on the road this season. The Rams head to Vegas for a matchup with UNLV on Saturday. Tip-off scheduled for 6 p.m. 
CSU women's basketball is enjoying the week off following their 75 to 70 win over Wyoming on Saturday. In front of a reported sellout attendance, the Rams outscored the Cowgirls in the fourth quarter, 26 to 19, in order to pull off the win over the second place team in the conference. Hannah Ronzek registered her first career double double in the win with 15 points and 12 rebounds. The Rams return to action Saturday against Utah State and Logan before returning home to take part in the annual education game against Nevada on Wednesday. CSU Track and Field is headed to the Indoor Track and Field Championships for the Mountain West Albuquerque, New Mexico this weekend. The event starts Thursday and concludes on Saturday. CSU Tennis struggled last week and only winning one match during their singles portions of their events against BYU and Utah. They return home on Saturday and Sunday with matches against NAU and CU at home in Fort Collins. CSU softball finished the Torrio Classic in San Diego last weekend with a 4-1 record to move to 7-3 on the season. After dropping the first game of the weekend against Southern Utah, the Rams run-ruled Eastern Illinois in the second game of the doubleheader. They then scored four runs in the remaining three games, allowing just five from their opponents. They hit the road again this weekend for the Lone Star Invitational while they meet up... They hit the road again this weekend for the Lone Star Invitational, where they will match up against number 12-ranked Stanford twice, number 2 Texas once, and Louisiana on Saturday. If you want more CSU sports content, you can tune into Ramblers most Thursdays from 7 to 9 p.m. We cover all things CSU athletics and more right here on 90.5 KCSU. I'm Caleb Allen, and this is what's going on this week in sports. Today will be the last day we see gray skies for a little bit. This week should be wrapping up sunny. Tonight we'll see a small chance of rain and snow showers until 8 p.m. Skies will be partly cloudy and the low will ride around 25 degrees. Friday it'll be clear and sunny as it warms to a high of 53. It could, we might see gusts as high as 31 miles an hour. Friday night the wind should die down as the sky stays mostly clear. We'll see a low of 24 degrees. Then on Saturday, the high will sit at a sunny 60 degrees. It'll be another windy day, so you can expect some more strong winds. Saturday night will stay windy, but other than that, it'll be mostly clear. It'll cool to a low of 31 degrees. On Sunday, it'll be even warmer and a little less windy. The sunny sky will make a comeback as it heats up to a high of 65. Sunday night will be breezy, and it'll cool off to about 37 degrees. And a quick look into next week, Monday will look the same as Sunday, but Monday night the rain could come back. Then Tuesday and Wednesday could see the return of some cooler temperatures and even some light snow. Information for this forecast comes from the National Weather Service. And that is all for today. We would like to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music. We'd also like to thank the rest of our staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. Finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener, so thank you. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under the news or podcast section. You can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts by searching KCSU News. And with that, we'll see you next time. <laughs>